The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Politics to the paranormal. It's the Kevin Cook Show. And your hosts, Kevin Cook and Heidi Hollis. Well, good evening. It's good to be with you for another edition of the Kevin Cook Show. And Heidi Hollis is uh, occupied at her. Uh, at her clinic tonight, and uh, <laughs> I guess we have to uh, be without Heidi, but I'm sure uh, I'm sure that'll be short-lived. That you know her work difficulties over there, but anyhow, uh, it's good to be back with you again. We've got a great guest in Robert Snow, uh, Captain Robert Snow. He's a retired police detective from Indianapolis, and uh, he's written the book Portrait of a Past Life Skeptic. And um, this is an area that's of great interest to me, and we'll get into all kinds of facets of it pretty soon. But first, a couple news stories, and okay. Now, I know that it's very easy to think in terms of being crackpots if you <laughs> if you look at things in terms of conspiratorial issues. They, they you know, any, anybody that mentions conspiracy, uh, the, the CIA and other government officials have tried to uh, raise up uh, red flags to say you're a conspiracy theorist. Actually, the CIA is the one that came up with that. It's a way to discredit people that are <laughs> staring at the obvious truth. And, you know, as we've discussed in other shows, like with Jim Mars a couple weeks ago, uh, it's preposterous to not realize the truth when it's standing in front of you, just like a, you know, a Cadillac Seville or something. I mean, you know, it is what it is, what it is, you know, or a Ford F-150. I mean, uh, for example, uh, the, the issue we talked about with Jim Mars was, of course, the 911 show we had uh, actually last week. And, uh, well, there's so many holes in the 911 uh, phenomenon that you'd have to be a, a complete idiot to not look at the whole the whole scheme of events. And when you've got British reporters standing in front of the, you know, building seven and hearing it just came down, it comes down 25 minutes later and there's no smoke, no ruckus going on in building seven. Obviously that's a smoking gun. So you'd have to be a Cretan basically not to see some problems here. And of course, you know, a hundred other issues. But what I'm saying is, uh, Newt Gingrich, very, uh, you know, very successful individual, very uh, high-ranking uh, Republican politician has said in a statement that's been videoed that uh, the reason the Republican establishment does not uh, 
you know, is afraid of Donald Trump, if you will, is because he's an outsider and he's and it was alluded not just to being an outsider. That's obvious. But it was alluded he's not part of a little secret cabal that 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 controls the Republican Democratic parties. That's the substance of what Newt Gingrich was saying. And that's why they're so fervently uh, making him out to be, you know, uh, another Adolf Hitler or something when there's nothing even remotely close to that. But what I'm saying is he's not someone that can be controlled. And frankly, fellas, if, if you don't think there's some problem with some issues that politicians are doing, you're, you're also very naive. I mean, uh, for example, there's a show that's coming out soon. There's a couple of really good comedians in it, but it's called Crowded. And the, the stuff, the storyline is amusing, wherein, uh, oh, a, a couple uh Young daughters come back to live in the household uh, because they can't make it on their own. And there's 16 million millennials that are in that boat, and probably more than that if the truth is really known, because there are not as many job opportunities for these kids as they were in my generation and so forth. And what I'm saying is um, anybody that doesn't see (laughs) that there's been a manipulation of foreign workers into this country with the HB1 visa things where they bring in a million technical workers from India a year and all this, uh, when we got plenty of graduates that can't find jobs here in this country now, uh, you'd say there's something going on. Uh, They're working to the detriment of the United States people. Well, why? Well, follow the money. That's why, idiot. And what it is, is large companies are wanting to get in these uh, foreign graduates because they can pay them less in supply and demand. In the same way, a loose labor and border control will allow more workers to come into the country, which waters down the labor force, which pays less per hour. And that's all it is, folks. It's slavery by another name. No matter who's giving you a bunch of baloney, that's all it is. It's slavery, follow the money, it's what it is. Okay, so to tie this all together, there's a lot of conspiracies. And I thought I'd bring you the interesting input about Newt Gingrich, who alluded to just that. But, uh, and that, oh, by the way, uh, the allusion was to the Bilderberg group, not just uh, some, you know, obscure bunch, but actually one that our Alex Jones has talked of quite a bit. But, <laughs> I don't know, guys. Uh Politics is crooked and it's going to remain so. On a happier note, you know, Justice uh, Scalia, who died recently, was a very big proponent of Marian apparitions. And of course, I did write a book on Marian apparitions and and see the validity of them. And uh, one of the things Scalia highlighted was that there's never been an occurrence of weeping statues and physical signs of God pres- God's presence through the Virgin Mary that took place outside the outskirts of our nation's capital in 91 to 93. They were called the Seton Miracles. Anyhow, Scalia listed this uh, and mentioned it, and he, he was just amazed that uh, there wasn't more uh, stress put on this. And uh, the Arlington, Virginia church where this occurred and uh, a little sleepy D.C. suburb. And the book that, that was written about it is uh, The Seton Miracles, Weeping Statues, and Other Wonders by James Carney. Anyhow, I thought since Scalia died very fairly recently, 
that you'd be interested. He was absolutely, of course, he was a Catholic, yes, but he was absolutely befuddled that all this tremendous, well-documented stuff was going on, and people were ignoring it just like it was a dust on the road. And I guess conspiracies, legitimate, decent miracles, a lot of people just have tunnel vision. And that's one of the things we try to do in this show is to try to make people aware that there's more to life than just the the bricks and the mortar and uh, more than just the obvious Republican and Democrat stuff. And uh, so we have the prosaic and, and the divine, but I mean, there's a lot of stuff we need to realize that's there because it is. Now, on a very light note, uh, there's an interesting cat story. And, uh, well, it seems in Guernsey, England, a, a tabby named Barney kept a vigil at a graveyard in Guernsey, England for 20 years and wouldn't leave uh, just like some other dogs do at their master's grave, only this one felt his mission in life was to uh, basically be the greeter at the graveyard. So Barney uh, was just that uh, up at, from 96 up until uh, just a, a couple of weeks ago. And, I mean, the whole town of this Guernsey, England, <laughs> was aware of this little cat. And what it would do is if you were a mourner and you came to the graveyard, it would come and it would rub its you know, rub, rub itself on you to more, more or less as a greeting. And uh, animals are more than we think they are, too. And I've gotten some flack from people that, you know, say that, but these are usually morons who've never been exposed to animals and how loyal they can be. I could promise you for someone who's been divorced twice, <laughs> animals are, are more loyal than humans. And, uh, you know, there's plenty of stories about Oh, 60 Minutes had stories in years past and how cats would get loose on a family vacation. They get lost in Ohio and they'd find their way all the way back to Virginia to the family home and many other stories alluding, related to that. So animals are certainly have a greater degree of compassion and uh, intelligence than, uh, well, than we give them credit for. So, so in all these different stories, they're different hodgepodge of stories, but it, it opens us up to the possible and opens us up to the reality of things if we just look at them. Anyway, let's go to our first break, and we'll be right back with Robert Snow. You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. You didn't forget what's coming up tonight, did you? Hi, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Never miss that interview you were looking forward to or the show on your favorite topic. Follow IRN on Twitter. 
I underscore R underscore N and get reminders about the evening's live shows as well as fun and important updates throughout the week. That's I underscore R underscore N and never miss a great show again. Are you a fan of Inception Radio Network? Do you reckon it's the best alternative talk radio station on the planet? Well, if you do, head to facebook.com forward slash Inception Radio Network and like the page. Tell your friends, spread the word, and keep listening to the best. Robert Snow, and uh, by way of introduction, uh, Robert's got uh, a very fascinating book, um, Portrait of a Past Life Skeptic. Um, oh, he had an offhand dare to undergo a past life regression, and uh, his findings forced him to undergo a two-year investigation that, uh, well, I mean, Robert was a long-term a police detective, actually a captain, and uh, he went through a hypnotic regression and uh, experienced three separate historical scenes, uh, I guess three different lives. And, uh, Robert, this is some really interesting stuff here. I Thank mean, you. It, yes. it's, not, it's not the normal uh, fare you'd ha- expect a police captain to do. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. And it, I just, you know, I kind of fell into this by accident. It wasn't anything I set, actually set out to do intentionally. It just kind of, right. like I said, I just kind of fell into it. And then once I got started, I kind of wanted some answers, and I couldn't. I just couldn't quit till I got the answers I wanted. Yeah, no, I understand. I had the same kind of a thing in a way. Uh, of course, I was a Catholic and all that, but uh, oh, I had an experience at Our Lady of Martyr Shrine in Orysville, New York, and it set me off into studying Marian apparitions, and I wound up writing a book on that. But it was also an experience that kind of hit you from the blind side and took you down a path. And um, 
you know, actually, here's the thing about it is uh, I know from uh, studies that uh, up until the year 400 A.D., uh, reincarnation was actually an accepted concept in the Christian church. Actually, if you if you look in the Bible, there are a number of verses that uh, are still in there that reference reincarnation. If it's it's like I said, I know they took most of them out, but there are still a few in there. Still a few in there. Well, I know there are. I mean, it's but like you say, there's been revisions and so forth and so on. And uh, but as I remember from studies, um, it wasn't until approximately the year 400 A.D that, uh, oh, a theologian at the time named Origen, O-R-I-G-E-N, I believe, he he was the leader in that little group uh, at the time to get it expunged as a a concept. But but previous to that, the Jews believed in reincarnation, and uh, like I say, the early Christians did as well. So it's not as all that as alien as all that, really. But it, it is it is for 20th century and 21st century Americans. Well, it is, it is. I understand it is. But but the one thing that always struck me about it is, uh, you know, uh, Jesus was asked uh, at one time, who do they, he asked, who do they say I am? And they say, you're Elijah, come again, and like this. And he didn't say, well, you know, nonsense, there's no such thing as reincarnation, blah, blah, blah. In other words, he didn't treat it as, as straightforward as that. And, you know, I'm not, I don't mean to, you know, make a biblical discussion of our, our interview, but I'm just saying that as a preface, uh, it, the Bible did not slap it all the way down. No. And like you're saying, there's references to it. And uh, I, the, the way it, the passage that I remember, I don't remember it by, you know, word by word, but basically Jesus didn't treat it with a, uh, you know, a contemptuous ba- bias as relative to the idea of incarnation. No. Reincarnation. Right. right. So uh, I don't, and I guess what some some societies, what the Hindus, they uh, that's part and parcel of their belief system, I guess. Right. People don't realize that a a large, large, large percentage of the world doesn't think anything about re- if you talk about reincarnation. I don't think anything strange at all about it. When Professor Ian Stevenson, who was a professor at the University of Virginia, was doing a lot of studies on reincarnation, he would go to mostly Hindu countries where children. Right would recall past lives. And, of course, there the families cooperated with Professor Stevenson because, yeah, they didn't think they believed it was true. And in Western society, I think if a child tells a family, tells mom and dad about a past life, they just think he's imagining it. They think it's just fantasy, and no one takes it serious. Right, right. Well, I mean, I'm I'm, uh, skeptical from the standpoint that I, I, you know, I can't prove it like I can prove that, you know, Ford F-150s or durable trucks or something, but uh, I, I'm i open to the idea of it, certainly. And I, I like, and I well, I didn't have an experience like you did, which would certainly be an eye-opener. And uh, Well, if you read my book, you know no one was more skeptical than I was, and I tried to the very last moment. My my whole idea in my investigation was not to prove that reincarnation was true, but rather just the opposite, to prove that it wasn't right. true. right. Right. Well, I mean, you know, uh, some some uh, characterizations are true, and I would certainly characterize a, a someone that rose up to the rank of be captain in the Indianapolis Police Department of Detectives is certainly skeptical about things. I mean, my brother was a policeman, and uh, oh man, I mean, he might believe something if you hit him in the face with a tuna, but that's about. As, I mean, he was a well, skeptical fellow. 
in, in police work, keep in mind, you deal with physical evidence. You feel a thing. You yeah. deal with things you can see, you can show to people, you can prove. And so right. when you're dealing, you're dealing with something like this, it's, it's, a hard, it's, it's hard because it's not what regular police work is involved in. You're dealing with these otherworldly concepts. So it's, it was kind yeah. of a departure from my usual stuff. Oh, yes. That's what I meant in reference to him was that, you know, he was, you know, uh, nuts and bolts. Uh, you know, where's the, you know, where's the fingerprints? Where's, you know, whatever yep. the evidence and certainly not just conjecture. But that's the thing about this paranormal area, though, uh, is I actually saw a ghost once. And uh, my business partner, after he got divorced, was rooming with me for a time. And it was a very uneventful ghost sighting but it was you know a little casper the ghost looking ghost and uh, two guys saw it you know big as dallas right in the living room and uh, and that was that but it was an ephemeral thing that you couldn't you know uh, take a photo of or you know who's got a you know was, this wasn't possible to you know uh prove it if you will just like a policeman would what, and, what they- uh, go ahead one thing I found when I was talk- when I was getting ready to write this book, talk around the police department, I was surprised how many police officers have paranormal experiences. How- mostly out of body, I found how many policemen told me about out of body experiences, especially during yes. moments of great stress. But the difference being, sure is they won't tell anyone else. They might tell other police officers, but they don't tell other people. They don't. They won't tell people they don't trust exclusively. You know, completely because they're afraid of getting labeled as being a kook. But I, well, I was yes, t- there was a gal that I, I had that was a, a Michigan State trooper, uh, retired, and uh, she had a, a book on true true uh, police hauntings or something like that, yeah. But you got to be but, real careful but, in the police department because you don't want people to think, gee, this man, this person's unstable. You know, you, so I, right. I mean, I talked to a lot of policemen about their parallel experiences, but it was on the QT, so to speak. I, could, I couldn't use their names. I couldn't tell anybody about it because, again, they didn't want to be labeled as well. This, this person, you know, is really odd. But I was well. Surprised. I understand, yeah, because you know it's just like pilots. Will, will you know if they sure. did see UFOs, they'd be afraid to relate it because you know they'd figure you're unstable or whatever, which is of course ludicrous. But still, uh, it's just the nature of the beast. And uh, I, I know this gal that wrote that book. I forget her name right now. It's been a long time, but she uh, she chronicled the Detroit uh, uh, area policemen, and they. They they followed this one guy into a, well, a blind alley, <laughs> and uh, I mean they had him dead bang, and they, he was running from the scene of the crime. And they they chased him into a blind alley, and he flat disappeared. I mean, there's no way to go. There's nothing to climb. There was no window to say escape into. Nothing. I mean, this guy flat disappeared, and there was no good explanation. The cops just said. You know, they scratch their heads. I mean, you know, but it was the and she actually did the investigative work to interview these guys. And of course, she being a retired cop, she was honest. They were honest with her. And uh, in other words, weird stuff does happen. Yes. Mm. But again, you don't tell anybody about this. You really don't talk no. big about it. You don't tell anybody. It's something you keep to yourself. If you're a police officer. Sure, sure. Well, I I imagine pilots are the same way with UFOs because. Uh, I imagine amongst themselves. As a matter of fact, I know they were because there was a guy in a similar example. There was a guy, uh, oh, Martin Caton. He was a big uh, retired Air Force pilot of quite a lot of fame. And he wrote for Aviation Weekly. And he, he would interview these pilots and they would level with him. But they, <laughs> but they wouldn't just a non, 
pilot type and stuff like that. Yeah. But but so uh so this was a dare that somebody dared you to get a past life reading just on a lark, maybe? Yeah, I was at a party and I was talking to a psychologist and I had read a book about uh, past lives, a book called Coming Back by Dr. Raymond Moody. And I didn't realize that this psychologist used past life regression in her practice. And we were just talking about making a little small talk. And we were talking about movies we'd seen and books we read. And I remember this book I mentioned to her and she asked me what I thought about it. Well, I didn't know what time I was talking to her. That she used past life regression in her practice. And I kind of belittled the idea. I thought, I told her, I thought it was silly. That just, you know, people don't want to be in past lives so that they can blame their troubles in this life on something they can't have be accountable for. They can say, well, gee, you know, my life is, is, is so bad because of, you know, karma from past lives type thing. And I, I basically, put, you know, put it down pretty badly. And, <laughs> and she kind of ended up daring me to try it myself. And that's basically how I got into doing it. So you saw some things that uh, were three, three different uh, past life uh, situations when, or I, settings, when I, I was yeah when i was doing it though i i didn't believe it was anything other than just um hypnosis obviously i mean i really didn't believe it was anything concrete or serious i believe this was just my subconscious mind pulling up memories from this life kind of reordering them and make them look like yeah. stories that's all i thought it was i did see myself in three different past lives but again at the time i didn't believe them i, I really didn't think it was anything just again just old forgotten memories yeah yeah well, but you, you probably investigated them and found real uh, solid historical validity to them, I guess. Then. Well, two, two of the lives I couldn't. Two of them are too far back in history. There's no way you could oh. verify them or not. But one of the lives was back in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And that, that one's the one that stuck with me. And, I, and my, my thought was not to prove it was true, but to prove I'd, I got all these, these – these, this the thing I saw during the regression from this life, and that's why I started investigating it. I figured that I had I had seen all the information I gave the psychologist during the during the hypnosis. You know, all the information had simply come from this life, and that's what my investigation started out to prove that it wasn't from a oh, okay. real past life, but just from this life. And I had simply just you know regurgitated it out of my subconscious mind and reordered it. Sure. Well, so you found that 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 it, let life did exist. I mean, there was such a person at that time. Well, I did find yes, I did find there was such a person as this. But then I thought, well, I've you know, I obviously, obviously, I've I've read about this person or seen a movie or something about this person. Is how I know about all yeah. these things. I knew all kind of intimate things about his life, and I thought, you know, right. so my idea was that. Again, I had seen this person, read about this person somewhere in this life, and that's why, and it just come up. That's how I got all these facts about this life. Yeah, and, regurgitated. But unfortunately, well, awful lot, awful lot of intimate details that aren't really recorded. I knew awful lot of things, but I'm not really were recorded anywhere. Sure, I can, I can understand that. I sure could. Well, I don't know. Uh, like you say, uh, there's been innumerable, innumerable studies on this that. Uh, you know the uh, like you like the Indian pe- people. You say they they researched that Stevenson guy, and uh, you know the kid could point out where he died in a past life, and this and that, and this and that. But uh, but but in your whole study of it, you found there to be a lot of validity to this issue. Then, well, actually, what happens? I I had made a tape recording of my session because I was going to prove to this original psychologist how foolish it all was. I was going to show yeah. her that nothing happened and it was all really stupid. 
And so, but I so I went back and listened to the tape of my regression to this uh, man and man, man the eighteen hundred early nineteen hundreds. I found there were twenty eight things I'd said that could be proved or disproved about his life. And so, my 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 thought at that time wasn't to prove all twenty eight are right, but to prove that they weren't. To prove that this is some kind of jumbled up mess. It's not really true. So I started. Unfortunately, what I found out that this gentleman, there was hardly any information on him at all. There's just just hardly anything about him. You had now the the thing is this when I started my search, this was a pre-internet. This was the 1992, so it was pre-internet days. So in those days, when you wanted to research, you actually got had to go to the library and pull books off the shelf and start doing it. And that's what I did. I tried to look up this gentleman, and. I kept finding there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing. I mean, I, and I knew some intimate details about, about him, about you know, his life that, I, that I, I couldn't figure out where would I know about these things, about this man. You know, if there's so very, very little written about him, how would I, how would I know it? And that, that was what really bothered me. And I kept trying to dig and find an answer to this, how I could know these things about a man's life when nothing is hardly, hardly anything written about him. Yeah. How did you could you reconcile that? Did you do enough research to match up with most of the things? Or, well, yeah, actually, I ended up proving all twenty eight. Yes. Oh wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Including, that's pretty including, good. Including, including what his mother died of. I, I oh wow. That, that that's it. And there's nowhere that's recorded. There's nowhere, but well, there is actually. But it's actually, I found, I was able after several years of of digging and detective work research, able to find this man's diaries. They are they were never they've never been published. But they were kept on file at the National Camp Design in New York City, where he was a member. He was an artist, as he was a member of the National Camp Design, and he had his diaries there. And so I was able to able to actually get copies of his diaries, and I started looking through oh, the diaries that's to find that's a, And then my my again my original point of this, well, the original point of my investigation wasn't to prove that this was all these twenty things were right about this man, but rather to prove some of the things weren't right. And I figured if that way, if they weren't right. Then this is nothing. This is not real. This sure, is not sure. Wouldn't have the validity because you don't want to accept something like it's just on the slightest proof. You want absolute proof where you accept something as, as as big as this. Well, Captain, we're just about ready to go to our first break at the bottom right. of the uh, bottom of the hour. But uh, is there a website you have you might direct people to? Or uh... you, yeah, you can find all my books on Amazon, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. If you put my name in Amazon.com. You'll pull, you'll pull up my website. You'll go right to my website. Well, that's great. Well, let's go to our first break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, Inception Radio Network listeners. This is Amanda. Remember, you can take your Inception Radio shows on the go. Just download the Inception Radio Network app for your iPhone, iPad, or Android smartphones and access live shows, past shows, guest lineups, and much more. Just visit the iTunes Store or the Google Play Marketplace and download it today for free. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. 
snow uh, so so captain you were able to find by research uh all kinds of things all 28 issues relative to this uh, this fella yeah and again i what I, what happened is i eventually after i kept trying to find information on this man but there just wasn't anything just i mean the the thing was he was a artist a portrait painter and he was comp enough to make a living but he wasn't a great painter, and so none of his paintings are well known. Nobody, nobody on the game that you'd recognize any of his paintings. Nothing is. He has no world class, no renowned paintings. Yeah. He made mostly of his life painting portraits, and so I kept sure. trying to find information on him, and there was just nothing. And I kept trying to tell, well, how could I know all these things about him if there's that little information? And finally, I found at a footnote in another in a, in a book that part of the information about him had come from his diaries. They said, which are on file at the National Academy of Design in New York City. So I wrote them, and they said, no, they, these have never been published. They just they keep them here. But they said microfilm copies are available. And so I ordered them on microfilm. They were on interlibrary loan. But unfortunately, the, this gentleman's name was uh, James Carroll Beckwith, the artist. He started his diary at age 19 and, and kept it up to the day before he died, age 65. It was 17,000 pages of diary. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So what <laughs> I what I, what I oh. eventually what I eventually did was have hard copy made of his diary, and I read every single page. Wow. And interestingly enough, I found a number. Enough number. Now I was able to prove all twenty eight points. I had said some things to the hypnotist while I was in this while I was supposedly put in this past life as Beckwith, and I found them word for word the same the same thing I said to her word for word to his diary. Really. Which I thought, yeah, was very interesting. Well, that's kind of chilling. <laughs> yeah, really but is. interesting. The, the, but the thing, the thing about it is, I knew a lot of intimate facts about his life. Like again, what his mother died, what his mother died of, and that right. it, I, and I had said during the uh, regression that the, the the psychologist asked me, "What do you regret about this life?" And I said, "I regret that we didn't have children because my wife couldn't have children." And okay. sure, sure enough. His wife couldn't have children. They didn't, he, and he did wish he had children. He number number time, number times diary. He talked about how he wished he could have children, but he couldn't because his wife his wife couldn't have children. And various things. Right. I, I was able actually able to to prove all twenty all twenty eight points of him. And again, some of them very very fine details that you know you wouldn't just stumble onto anywhere anywhere by accident. Well, yes, and and frankly, you know, just being logical, looking at it that way, there's no way that's a coincidence. I mean, I, you know, one th- one thing or another, but 28, I would have to say you'd have but to. But you be- know, that's funny because I kept trying to tell myself that when I first started in this investigation. For example, in my in my regression, I saw I saw that he died in a large city, 
and it looked like it was uh, light fall. It looked like it was cold, but the trees still had leaves on them and all. So when I found he died in October in New York City, right. but I, and I kept telling myself, wait a minute, you know, come on, a fourth of people every year die in, uh, in the fall. So that's, you know, that's, you know, maybe it's just a lucky guess. And an awful lot of right. people die in large cities. And I kept trying sure. myself, tell myself, tell myself, this is not a lucky guess. But you know, after you after you start getting, you know, too many, you just can't get that many lucky well, guesses. Well, that's the thing. Sequence of twenty eight. I mean, three or four, you know, commonalities, sure, whatever, but not twenty eight. I mean, you that decries. I mean, just on the surface of it, being analytical, that defies credibility. That that wouldn't be yeah. valid. Well, <laughs> You couldn't. You uh, couldn't know. There's no way you could guess 28 things about someone's life and get every single one of them right and not make a miss, no. not make one misstep. It's not possible. I I realized that at the very last, but it took me a long time before I would finally give in. And I kept trying to. I all the the whole investigation kept trying to find some logical explanation other than other than reincarnation as to why this right. is why I know these facts. But at the end, you know, I. I in, in police investigation, of course, I was a police captain. I was in charge of homicide for a long time. And oh, even, wow. sometimes in homicide cases, you think suspect A did it. You're heading that way, and you're just sure he did it. You're getting evidence. But, you know, you, get, you start getting the evidence, you realize, wait a minute, hang on. It ain't A. You've got to take, take a sharp left turn. It's, it's number B. You know, it's, it's suspect B. And you have to eventually have to realize that your, your investigation, what you thought was, going, was right, it was not. And this sure, was this case. Yeah, I kept around. yeah. I kept saying no. This is not. This is, you know. So there's some some other explanation. There's some other explanation, until you finally get so much evidence. It's like, well, hang on. Maybe I, you know. Yeah. Maybe I, Maybe this is something else. Well, I believe in being cynical to start with, but you'd have to be just. That's what I. That's what I was trying to say relative to uh, more prosaic topics in the news, is that. See, we have some themes, like conspiratorial themes and stuff like that, and I mentioned that. Oh, golly, uh, Newt Gingrich had made uh, some comments that there's a, a cabal of people that are, you know, form the power group in this country and that they don't like Donald Trump because he's not one of that cabal of people. And uh, but what I'm saying is that uh, there's so many things that lead up to that, not just Newt Gingrich's statement, but I mean, there's so many things that a logical person would like a, if they're being a detective and they look at the way the things are in this country, they'd have to say there has to be a guiding hand that's, that's operating this that's beyond the, the parties, you know. But mm-hmm. you, tell people, you tell people that and they think you're a chucklehead. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I guess from my own personal experience, you know, I guess it's just been what it is, just one man's experience, but it's that everything has got a governing hand on it some way, someplace. And, uh, and what I'm saying, not mean to... De- you know, go too far afield. But what I'm saying, Captain, is that it's hard for people to accept the obvious. And I, I guess in this radio show, we in, we investigate a lot of things that are hard to not believe in. Like, oh golly, like the Marian Apparitions book I've I've wrote. There's so many. There's thousands of of examples of, of very credible people and evidence and all that. So that you'd have to almost be kind of boneheaded not to believe there's some validity to it. And I think your book is the same way. I mean, you couldn't have 28 different uh, correlations and ball by chance. I mean, the chance of that would be in the trillions. And, in and interesting, interesting enough, for anyone who thinks, well, how do we know he didn't make it all up? There was yeah. a television show called uh, Proof Positive that called me uh, 
a few a year or two after my book come out and want to know yeah. if I'd be willing to take a lie detector test on national television about my book. Sure, sure. And it, you know, and I agreed, and I ended up taking two of them, as a matter of fact. Oh, I yeah? I don't think they believed after I passed the first one, but I, I ended up passing both of them. Well, sure, sure. Well, uh, yeah, well I, I, see, I understand skepticism. I understand people being skeptical because mm -hmm. there was no one more skeptical than I was. But for anybody that's interested, they can look it up on it's a YouTube. There's a YouTube video of, of me really? on uh, the TV pro called Proof Positive where I took the lie detector test about my book. Because, I, and again, I understand people being skeptical, and you need to be skeptical. But Yes, I, I know. I guess what I was trying to say, though, is some of the things that are so – which is staring you in the face would be the evidence of like that there's, for example, I guess what I was talking about, I don't mean to divulge too much in this, but I mean, there's things that have been done in this country that work to the detriment of the American people. That is to say, like you know, letting in immigrants watering down the labor force to the point where it reduces wages, et cetera. And, you know, foreign workers coming in the technical field that when you cut college grads that can't get out of Texas Tech and can't find jobs, why would they need to import some Indian engineer? You know, that kind of thing. In other words, what's causing this? Mm -hmm. nothing's do nothing's done by accident it's all about money so uh i guess what i'm saying is people won't accept the obvious and uh i guess that i can understand being skeptical yes to have a healthy skepticism is sensible but after you see it over and over again <laughs> well yeah. it exists and uh i guess i i guess it correlated with your other studies in this you found many many examples in other people's lives that uh that are proof of uh, reincarnation, I guess. But you know, I'm, I'm, I tell you truthfully, I'm skeptical about the, a lot of people's claims, though. And I know people are find you? that people find that really odd. To say, why wouldn't you what? believe? Other? Because everybody, a lot of people I've met who believe in reincarnation are always somebody famous. You know, oh yeah, they're, they're always somebody really very. Famous oh yeah, I've heard and, that. I've heard and, that. And you yeah. know. My, my my belief about reincarnation is you really can't prove a past life unless the person you were claimed to have been was so obscure there's no way you could have actually stumbled on information by him. For example, right. if you know if I'd have said I was Van Gogh or Renoir or yeah. one of the famous painters, people would say, Sure, you do about him because you there's movies about him, books about him. And that's how you know all these facts about it. And that's why I find my, I'm always having a really difficult time with people who claim to have been famous people in past lives simply because— Oh, yeah, everybody's got to be Napoleon and not just Harry Smith that's a blacksmith. From yeah, see, because for every Boston. famous person, there's 100 million people who just simply, you know, they're born, they, they grow up, they have children, they get married, and they die. Yeah. So why I mean, nobody knows funny. anything about them. Everybody has to be someone famous. Why everybody has to be? Oh, someone. now I've heard that before. I have heard that before. You know, everybody was some notable figure instead of just another worker like everybody else. But I have heard that. But haven't there been, from your insights, some uh, fairly credible uh, correlations also uh, other than yourself? I mean. Not really. To be honest with you, oh, everybody really? I've ever oh, talked okay. to about reincarnation has always claimed to be someone famous. I have, I have oh, never really? I mean, universally so? Really? I've never, I've never found anyone yet who's able to – well, I've had people who claim to have been, but the problem oh, okay. being is they say, yeah, I had – you know, cause I, when I, after I did this book, a number of people sent me the information about themselves because they were obviously wanting to know and find out things. But they, they would say I was a farmer named you know, Joe Smith in Iowa in the 1800s. Well. You know, that doesn't really help very much. Yeah. You know, I'm, well, I'm I guess sure one of the things that's difficult is unless you, if you weren't notable, there'd be nothing. Exactly. If you're not notable, left on there, you, there, yeah. there, and Beckwith was a real exception in the fact yeah. that his diary, they, his diary was saved. 
after all the all those years. Where I think most people's cases, again, if you were a farmer in Iowa in the 1800s named Joe Smith, yeah, you could yeah. probably find someone named Joe Smith in Iowa in 18, but that doesn't necessarily prove your life. Oh, you wouldn't know anything about him, no. Exactly. I, if you, even right. if you saw intimate details during your regression, how do you prove those? And this person left nothing but a birth certificate and maybe a marriage certificate and a death certificate about their lives. That's one thing that gets me about cemeteries and stuff is that, you know, frankly, once you get past the grandkids, nobody goes. I mean, I doubt there's one great-grandkid that ever went to their great-grandparents' grave. Uh, I mean, one out of 200, maybe. And you go further back than that, and it's, you know... Unless, uh, you're, I mean, unless you're in genealogy, no. Unless you're interested in genealogy, probably not. Well, yes, professional genealogist, perhaps. But, I mean, ex other than that, uh, as far as any sentimentality, uh, I mean, nothing wrong with my great-grandfather, but uh, I don't know anything about him except he was a rugged old farmer. But, I mean, <laughs> but uh, not much, no. But, and you know, these details would, would, be, would be elusive. So I, but, I, so I really th I think a very, very, a very valid reincarnation is extraordinarily hard to prove because, again, like I said, yes. you have to – you couldn't be anybody famous. And so it has to be someone not famous, but you have to be able to find proof about it. Now, there are other people who have left diaries too, but you, oh. you, that would that, be the only way you could prove something like this. You'd have to find – you'd have to be able to find the person and find the diaries. But I, have, I haven't well, run into anyone yet who has satisfied oh. me that – this, they have proven 100% a past life simply simply because it's most of them are, fa are real famous or if it's not they don't have any information about them all just maybe a name at the most and maybe maybe a, a, a date and that's all you have and how I, about that and that's I think it's, it's, a, it's a kind progressive presents get pumped inspiration to help you do insurance stuff okay time out you're gonna let your budget be the boss of you Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. Da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, dang, dang. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Da -dum, da -dum, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Stop it. It's the police officer in me. I want, I want evidence. Sure. I, I want real evidence. Give yeah, me some hardcore yeah, I, stuff, I want. So. I want. To, I want to see the proof. Not just. Gee, I have a feeling I was this person. That may, maybe you were. I'm not saying you weren't. But how do you prove it? Well, in the wasn't there a famous story uh, circa the 1950s about the story of Bridie Murphy about somebody right. that had a, a. Are you familiar with that one? Or yes, yes. And that there is because they were people who were who were you know trying to trash that story because saying oh, some really? of the things about it weren't true, but then they found through investigation some of the investigations some of the things a lot of the things were true. Yeah, I thought I, that's what I was thinking. I thought the basic rehash of it was that it overall valid. Yeah, and the, yeah, and, and again, those things those are the hard ones. Those are the really, yeah. really, really hard ones when you have someone. Right. Who was no? Who was nobody famous? How do you prove it? How do you prove it? Find the proof that this that you know enough things about this person's life to prove it. And again, like I said, it's a copy of me. I want solid evidence. I want some real proof. Show it to me. And but I so far again after my book come out, I had a lot of people yeah. contact me with about their own regressions, and I I, suppose, I assume they're wanting help, and I'm going to send me information on everything. But yeah. I, I never saw anyone who I thought was provable. And mine wouldn't have been if well, I had stumbled onto the diaries. Mine wouldn't have been if I hadn't stumbled onto the diaries. 
Well, I mean, maybe that was providential you did. I don't know. But I, I mean, I, I can say it's been years since I even read about the Bridie Murphy story, but I just remember the overall assessment was there had, had credibility to it. But uh, uh, it's, it is ephemeral. That's the thing about these things like, uh, oh, seeing a ghost or the fellow that had the Detroit, uh, Detroit policeman that had that sub, uh, I guess, you know, guy he was chasing uh, disappear on him with, with no logical explanation. It's just, it's ephemeral. You can't say, well, here, Sarge, I saw him go in this alley. Well, how do you prove that? You, you can't. But... Uh, I understand that. And how can I how can I prove to anybody I saw the ghost? I mean, I could take a lie detector. I'd pass it. Yes. But they say, well, maybe maybe you had one too many that night and thought you saw a ghost. Of course, I didn't drink <laughs> yeah, anything. But think, I mean, you think it's true, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, maybe you're just deluded nutcase or something. Yeah, I know. But uh, I don't know, Captain. It's it, these are hard issues. They really are. But uh, I know one thing I can say that I was happy about in the book I wrote. In the Marian apparitions field, there's so many witnesses. I mean, I'm talking about visual evidence, uh, physical evidence that Sandia Labs is, has you know, analyzed. I mean, stuff that's hard and fast, et cetera, that there's, and it's so much of it that there is enough to be provable, yeah. But it's, uh, I don't know. The whole thing's fascinating, though. I guess what I'd say is I wouldn't want to come back as, <laughs> and go through this again. <laughs> I'd want to. But, um, well, the only thing nice is you won't remember. Look at it that way. I mean, you always come yeah. in. You come, apparently come to each life with no memory of your previous lives, no conscious memory. You can you can obviously get into it if you're hypnotized. But you know, yeah. how many people how many people ever have that done? Of one in every oh, million. Yeah, at most. So most people enter their new lives with no memory at all, and believing this is and believing that this is your only life, and so. Well, I, mean, I suppose that's good in a way. You're not carrying a lot of baggage. Otherwise, you'd be carrying a lot of baggage with you if you remembered them all. Oh, yeah, smoking again or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you're following the same path that didn't didn't lead real well in the last one, you know? Yeah, right. I know. But, not, but it's uh, good to come back and not have any baggage to remember uh, remembering how bad things went last time. Well, I guess so. I guess it is. But, you know, I the trouble is, and I'm not saying, I mean, just conceptually, is that, would it would seem to be i mean i guess the idea would be if there was one of the arguments against reincarnation is that if we're supposedly coming back and coming back to improve ourselves humanity doesn't seem to be making great strides in common sense or decency and uh and i'm saying if we're supposed to be going through this treadmill to get to higher levels of better humans it don't seem to be working out so good. Well, that but you're talking you're talking in groups. We're not talking individual people. I mean, you might you yeah, might come true. you might an individual person could still be a really good person and come back and and have done fine, but as as groups perhaps not. Well, I, I guess what the, I was saying is as if you know if the whole load of us were reincarnating and supposedly getting better, uh, it doesn't you can't prove it by the way society is, is all I'm saying, but I don't know. This is all conceptual stuff. But uh, it, now there was a book that I read some time back by, um, oh, he, he's one of the remote viewers in the Stargate program from the 1990s the, where the government had, uh, oh, uh, psychic uh, people that would do remote viewing and leave mm -hmm. their body and check things out. And uh, this fellow was saying that uh, from his exposure and where it overlapped uh, death and stuff, that some people were reincarnated and some weren't. I mean, I don't know how he come to this knowledge, but somehow in the course of this study, they did. 
And uh, in other words, not everybody does get recycled. But um, maybe you get <laughs> maybe you get a choice. You can go to hell or you can be recycled. What's it going to be, buddy? <laughs> maybe it's something like that. I don't know. But I thought it was that, interesting enough that the government obviously believed enough into this idea of remote viewing that they oh, were yeah. they actually they actually funded a program to see if it could be done. It could, as you, if you're aware or not, the program didn't work out. But they thought well, no, it did work out for many years, and actually, it got actually commendations from uh, oh. You know, cu- customs immigration actually gave them commendations for helping interdict drug shipments and stuff like that. I mean, no, it did a lot of good work. It really did. And it was it was held up at Fort Meade. It, it it they ended it supposedly, but understand, Captain, that was after many years. I mean, like twenty year run. So, I, and just in my opinion, it would have to have had very good success over twenty years, and they wouldn't have approved the budget in the army. Well, they would. And again, I suppose in the intelligence field, if you have a really good success, you can't tell anyone. That, well, that I, I just think it wouldn't be fun, to, in my opinion. I mean, you know, whatever my opinion's worth. But in my opinion, what I've read and come to understand from Paul Smith and others, that after 20 years, believe me, it wouldn't have been funded with a bunch of skeptical army generals if, unless it produced results. And, and, and knowing the government, they may still be going on for all we know. I believe it was because it got to be too well known, and I think they they you know if it works, somebody's doing it somewhere. Yeah, sure. And actually, and actually, I have I can't talk about it on the phone, but I have had some exposure to that, and it is true, and that's as far as I can say about it. But it is. But uh, I don't know. So many things are though, Captain. It really is. Uh, it's 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 a strange world. I'm sure it was a. Surely, for an analytical fellow like yourself, it must be a been a real uh, head head knocker to uh, come across such information. Well, you know, the really hard part about it was the hard part wasn't really accepting that I had proved all twenty eight facts that I that I obviously couldn't have known any other way than the the fact I carry his memories in my mind. That was the hard part. The hard part was just deciding how this affects your worldview. In other words, yeah. you have, I had to decide that the worldview I'd held my whole life was wrong, that the world operated on different – the universe operated on different parameters than I thought, and sure. that I had to kind of reorient my whole complete thinking about how the world operates yeah. into, a new, into, a new, into a new – with new parameters because obviously the old one wasn't true, that, that, you know, that my old belief that you're, you're here once, you, you, know, you do what you do and you leave, you die and you go – it wasn't true, yeah. and so you had to re- kind of reorient yourself to the world, and that was the really. It took me. It took me several years before I could really adjust to yeah. to actually accepting. Because to accept this, you have to reject your all your old beliefs, and that's really sure. a hard thing to do after so many years. So you've you're, these you're, these come ingrained in you, and it makes it sure. tremendously hard to just reject them and accept a whole a whole. It'd be like t- having a computer program you love, and you work with your whole life. It works great. Right. You just throw it out and put a whole new program in that you're not sure about. It, it was well, I understand that. But then, you know, I'm, I'm an extremely devout Catholic and all that. But by the same token, uh, so were the people up until the year 400 A.D. where they decided to uh, nix this idea as, <laughs> as part of Christianity. Uh, so, in other words, to say, yeah, I'm in large company. But I'm, not, I'm just saying that I'm open to the possibility of it. And uh, certainly... Uh, there would something have to, would have to be answered as how you could possibly have had 28 different notions about this person's life. 
I mean, how did you possibly have this uncommon knowledge you came into? There has to be a reasonable explanation and a reincarnation. And, and, and believe me, I, I, I searched for every every explanation beyond reincarnation I could find. I, I yeah. tried to find any explanation beyond that. Any any rational explanation that could explain this, and I, you know, after a while you can't. After a while you had to give up. Really. No, no. The There's no way you could come across this portrait painter from New York who was just a working stiff. I mean, not a Van Gogh type. Uh, there's no way you'd ever know his information any more than you would anybody else from that era. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I appreciate that. I sure do. Well, Captain, I sure hope people buy the book. I really do. And well, if they don't, I, I think I think about will find it very enlightening. I'm sure that I think they will. If they 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 want to if they're interested at all in reincarnation, I think they will find the book very enlightening. Portrait of a past life skeptic. Well, well, Captain, it's been good having you, and uh, I sure uh, I don't know. I sure hope the people at least open to examining this concept. And like I say, they did come across this possibility in uh, remote viewing, and I, and I don't know in what context. Uh, they did, but they did. And uh, evidently their info was that, yes, a certain percentage are reincarnated, but uh, but they don't know why or, or anything. But, where, but where, again, when. Why, but look at this way. Why would you take this one person's belief unless I had some I had some evidence that he had more knowledge, some real real knowledge? See, I'm, oh, I'm, I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I don't. Yeah, I I'm know. still terribly skeptical. I'm still very skeptical. Yeah. Well, I know it's hard to not be skeptical about some things because it's it, like you say it shakes your whole tree as far as uh, your worldview and everything else and, and also I, I am somewhat like yourself and that and like I say my brother and a uh, cop mentality and I, I'm just an old sourpuss salesman <laughs> but but by the same token salesmen have to be analytical kind of like policemen I mean yeah. they, they really do I mean exactly. they're kind of like they, they're got to keep their eyes open and senses be you know have to be aware and stuff and uh also, I, I, you know, I have to admit I'm not a real people person. <laughs> I mean, I don't trust them. Uh, you know, if I just lived with my dogs in a, in a mountain cabin in the Adirondacks, I'd be happy. But, uh, you know, maybe that'll be possible. <laughs> that'd, be tough for, that'd be tough for a salesman, though. Well, it would. It would. But uh, you can still do radio broadcasting. But still, what I'm saying is, though, that uh, I don't believe what everybody says. No. And... Uh, I don't know, but you, but what you have come across is, is a very unique experience and one that I don't see that really you could credibly explain any way but reincarnation. I don't like either. That, that was my final take. I, I finally couldn't. I, after I searched for every, any explanation other than this, I finally come to believe there's no other explanation. This is it. And eventually you have to do that. I mean, you just can't keep trying to find it when it keeps the evidence keeps mounting up the opposite direction to what you're looking for. You eventually have to turn around and say, well, this is what the evidence is. Well, I think I think you went about it the right way, and I think you approached it as analytically as you could. And like you say, the difficulty factor of proving these cases makes it a rough cob. Very well, rough. Well, listen, thank you very much, Captain, and uh, look forward to talking to you again sometime. Thank you. Appreciate you having me on your show. You bet. Good night. Good night. Listening to IRN, the Inception Radio Network, Chicago, Illinois. 
Are you looking for a cure for boredom? Never worry. IRN's new interactive website introduces a number of ways to pass time while you listen to your favorite show. Choose anything from the IRN chat lounge, the game lounge, video lounge, or the mood lounge. These fun, exciting features let you chat in real time with fellow listeners, view live skywatches, play daily posted online games, or pick a show based on topic. The choices are endless. Use your time wisely by keeping it all on IRN. Don't have a computer? Is your internet connection down? Don't worry. Use your trusty cell phone or landline and call into our listen line at 401-283-6700 to listen to the Inception Radio Network 24-7. Again, that call-in number is 401-283-6700. For the Inception Radio Network, I am MJ. This is MJ saying hello and sharing an awesome secret I discovered. It's called DreamNuage.com. Fresh, raw, organic ingredients are used to create all their products. They are made in very small batches to ensure quality and freshness. Handmade in the USA, each product is created with care and with the finest organic ingredients. There are no preservatives, dyes, or chemicals in any product. Stop by Dream Nuage and relax. That's D-R-E-A-M-N-U-A-G-E.com. Simple, raw, organic. that uh, oh informative and thought-provoking uh captain robert snow is a portrait of a past life skeptic it's uh i don't know fellas it's a topic that's been uh in people's minds for hundreds of years it's it's certainly something like uh captain snow said that is completely replete in hindu thinking and society that there's such a thing as past lives and you know like i say the old jews uh they believed in it, and early Christians as well, till 400 A.D. Now, interesting show next week. We've got uh, the children of Roswell. Uh, these are the children that, oh, people that were, were children during the Roswell UFO incident and their memories and experiences they had, uh, you know, inter- interwoven with governmental exposure over all these years. And that's going to be on the 15th. And uh, I'm pretty sure that the 22nd, we're going to have that Padre Pio show. I put it off in lieu of this interview, but we're going to, on the uh, March 22nd, we're going to have a uh, show on Padre Pio, who was a Catholic mystic of great renown from the uh, 
all the 1960s. I mean, this fellow, did, he did it all. He had periods of levitation. Uh, he was had the stigmata in his hands. I mean, he had bilocation where people saw him in two places at one time. And, I mean, a real modern miracle of a person. At any rate, he's well studied. Uh, that's going to be on the 22nd of March. So uh, we've got a little segment we're going to play with you from Nick Redfern. And uh, I hope you're going to enjoy both uh, our interview with Robert Snow and that interview with Nick. And uh, we'll see you next week. Sure. 